Welcome to the Leadership Window podcast with Dr. Patrick Jinks. Each week through a social sector lens, Patrick interviews leaders and experts and puts us in touch with trends and tips for leading effectively. Patrick is an LSI certified leadership coach, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, a best-selling author, award-winning photographer, and a professional speaker. And now, here's Dr. Patrick Jinks. Hey everyone, hope you're doing awesome. Welcome to the show. Man, we have a lot of really cool things coming up. And I can't spoil it, because they're surprises. And uh, some of them are coming late summer. Uh, yeah, late summer, early fall. Uh, doing some things with the business that are just super cool. We can't wait to tell you about them. So, today we're going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to go back five years to a radio program that I was on. I came across this the other day and just thought, you know, this is still relevant. It's interesting when you hear something that's pre-COVID. I I had to kind of listen and go, man, what was the context back in? This was 2018 and I had been um, spending some time each week at an organization here in downtown Columbia, South Carolina called One Million Cups. And I'll just let you look it up. I'm not going to take the time to explain it. It's a kind of a business networking uh, opportunity, but it's about uh, entrepreneurism. And so different entrepreneurs in the local community are featured. And I was featured at one of the meetings to talk about what we're doing at the Jinx Perspective and how I launched the coaching business and all that. And that led to an invitation to be on a program called Start Something Columbia. And uh, it's not on the radio anymore. At some point, they moved it to a blog and streaming. So I think they still have it. I'm not 100% sure. But this was hosted by Casey Whitener and Larry Jennings. And it was a great program. And it went a number of years. And they were talking about social entrepreneurism. And everything from earned income for nonprofits to just uh, you know business having a social enterprise arm. And Casey had done some great research on some of the things affecting nonprofits, the state of nonprofits and nonprofit entrepreneurs and their education level. And, um, it, it was really fascinating. And she asked me some questions in general about challenges that nonprofits are facing, particularly in trying to sell, you know, sell product. If you think of your organization entrepreneurially, you are selling product to a degree. You have a, um, a service, a mission, but we're trying to productize it so that people will buy it or donate to it or invest in it, whatever the term is that you're using. And uh, as I came across it, it's only about a 10 minute interview all told. But as I came across it, I thought, well, this is stuff that probably is still relevant today for many of the nonprofits that might be listening. Uh, This is something you might be able to pass along to your board members. A lot of it has to do with the mindset of nonprofits, but um, it's not super, super quality. I was on the telephone doing this interview with them and, um, and they're in the studio and, or at least uh, Casey was in the studio. Larry might've been on the phone too. I'm not sure, but um, just a great three-way conversation that I thought I would share with you. So with no further ado, here it is from April of 2018, my appearance on the Start Something Columbia show about nonprofits. So welcome, Patrick, to the phone. 
Good morning, Casey. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. And I know you're calling us from the road from up in Greenville headed to an appointment. So thanks for making time for us. Well, it's okay. I'm not actually on the road now. I am pulled over. So for all those people worried about safety, I'm, I'm fine in the parking lot of my destination and uh, prepared prepared for a good conversation. All right. Good stuff. Listen, um, some of the things that I sent you in preparation for this, we're talking about uh, leadership, specifically in nonprofits. And Larry and I were just talking at the break. We want to talk first about the biggest challenge that nonprofits face and nonprofit leaders face, which is that they're mostly addressing historic problems, problems that have been happening for a very long time. Things like homelessness. Um, we talked to, about gender identity earlier. There's a lot of nonprofits out there that are working on these really big problems that have been going on for a very long time. And it's incumbent upon the leader of that nonprofit to convince their donors and their membership and, and anybody that's going to support their enterprise that their solution actually works. So can you talk a little bit, Patrick, about that, about convincing people? People that the solution that you have come up with for this gigantic problem is actually going to work uh, yeah well that's a that's you can have a whole week of programs uh, just on that <laughs> one question right there uh, yeah you know there's a I'll try to sum up my perspective on this the jinx perspective as it were <laughs> and that is to say that you're right when you say that so many in the social sector are working to address historical problems but when you say address the problems too often, and I don't mean this offensive to the sector, but I think more and more people are coming to this realization, we approach it from a charitable standpoint. We're, we're in the problem space. We're helping people who are, uh, let's say, victims or subjects of the problem, but we're doing it perpetually with short-term fixes rather than looking at change. So one of the concepts is the idea that we start viewing the social sector, both those that are in the sector and those that are asked to support the sector, that we view it more as an aspiration to change than an aspiration to charity. There's a role for charity, but we're really looking for change. When you talk about convincing donors, we have focused so long on the question of a nonprofit overhead that we've trained our donors to ask us that question. What is your overhead percentage? How much of the money goes to the people needing the help? And we've created that problem because what we really ought to be selling and training our donors to ask is what is your return on investment? If the return on investment is that the work we're doing is making measurable researched change in people's conditions, then the overhead question becomes far less relevant. I almost don't care what the overhead is if the results are there. So for example, an organization that is proposing to help young children prepare for school on time, that by the time we get to kindergarten, we're ready to learn. There's a ton of longitudinal research out there now that says there's at a minimum a seven to one direct return on investment in early childhood. So in listening to Larry's comment a while ago, and I loved that he said this about nonprofits who have services rather than products, I guess to sum all this up, I would say that nonprofit entrepreneurs or leaders or boards or whatever you want to call them need to, need to tangibilize their service into a product so that instead of raising money, we're selling aspiration. So I'm going to a business and saying, the number one driver of your workforce readiness 
15 years from now is an investment in early childhood today. And so I'm selling a product of a qualified workforce for that business or a healthier community or a safer community or whatever the mission might be. So I, I would just maybe summarize that, that that's really a key in the nonprofit sector is to view what we're doing in terms of return on a donor's investment. Right, so the article that I mentioned, the three challenges unique to nonprofit entrepreneurs, the historic problems versus new solutions. The second one was no product and no profit. And, the, and that idea that you mentioned as far as nonprofits being service oriented, and they've got to be able to show some kind of impact as far as this is the work we're doing and this, these are the measurable results. And, and, and you're suggesting that it's not necessarily just impact of our existing services, but it's also making the case for in the long run, we have to address this problem from a systemic change perspective. And our nonprofit does that in this particular niche or in this particular way. Well, that's right. And you start by being able to articulate the short-term outcomes that you are making. So, for example, I mentioned early childhood, and it's a, it's a good one to talk about. It's, it's, um, it lends itself to these concepts, is that, you know, there are assessments that states and, and educational entities administer to determine a young child's readiness for school, whether it's phonetic recognition, social environment, health, you know, all the different economic factors, cognitive ability, and if there are programs within a nonprofit or a network or collaboration of nonprofits that help that child between the ages of zero and five, then there's a short-term measurement for that to say, because of our work, more of these kids are showing on their assessments that they're ready to learn. Then by the time they get to third grade, they're reading on grade level and we've increased the percentage of kids who are reading on grade level by grade three. And, and then eighth grade science and math and high school graduation and the, the continuum goes down the line, but we've gotta be able to sell to donors the fact that what we're doing with their dollars and with our efforts is making both short-term change that is going to lead us to the long-term change, but that it also ties to long-term longitudinal correlated um, results. I think what you said is very important. People should listen to this. He said a couple of things that really struck me because number one, I've been in sales all my life. I love it. It's the greatest profession in the world. And the definition of sell is to convince someone to recognize the value or the worth of something. So you said we have to sell. It's a great, you have to sell this idea. You convince people that what you're doing is valuable and has worth. At the same time, people always buy results. They don't buy things. So when we talk about this, and I was thinking too, these long-term problems we're addressing, why are they so long-term? Why has nobody ever done this? And so if you've got that positioned and you've got a solution for that, you work toward that, that's gonna give you the tangible results. So these are the things that they face every day. And the same thing in any sales organization, you've got a product or service or an idea you need to get the value and the worth of it positioned so that it makes it easy decision to say, I'll support that. We're going to finish up real quick with Patrick. I want you to talk a little bit about what you had already mentioned, quantifying the problem. Um, what specific advice would you give to a nonprofit leader as far as being able to be very succinct about what it is they're doing? Well, Larry hit on something before the break about sales uh, principles and making sure that we're selling value 
to the person that we're selling. And it's, you know, I remember, Larry, you'll, re you'll remember this in, in your sales experience, the idea that we're not selling nails, we're selling holes. Right, exactly. Um, and, and that's kind of what we have to get to in, in the sector. So my, my, my advice, and, and I'll take the opportunity now to say, Casey, I often have to uh, reroute people's description of what I do uh, from being a consultant to being a coach. <laughs> so I can play a consultant uh, when I need to, but I typically tend to fill more of a role of a coach and draw out the best thinking of boards and leaders. But if there's a piece of advice I would have, it's that we've got to go from selling the need to selling the aspiration, mm -hmm. but we have to have both. Mm -hmm. So if, if you look at a, at a full sales continuum, you, you have to first articulate the pain or be able to relate to the pain. Somebody's gonna buy something because they have a problem they need solved or something that they're trying to achieve. And you have to first acknowledge that pain illuminate it, uh, make them feel it, and show them that there's a case for why they need your product. The same applies in the social sector. We articulate need because it brings to light the pain that our community feels. What does our community look like if we don't have an educated workforce? What does our community look like if we have concentrated poverty in neighborhoods or homeless? Uh, what's the pain that that brings to all of us? But then we have to say, here's the tool, the mechanism, the product, the strategy that will solve that pain. So it's it's really that we have to have both. And traditionally, going back to your idea of solving historical problems, we've sold need, 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 need. Give to us because there's lots of homelessness. Give to us because people are poor in our community. Give to us because we have problems. Not give to us because we with you recognize the problem and here's the strategy that we're applying to change the game in our community. And that would be the construct that I would put out there for folks. I love it. I love the idea of aspiration, of being a problem solver and of earning that support. And, um, you know, in that case, donors, um, in that case, some kind of business mindedness around uh, the solution itself. Thank you, Patrick, for calling today. Good luck to your uh, in your meeting in Greenville and get back to Columbia safely. We'll see you back at One Million Cups next week. Honor to be with you. Thank you very much. So there you go. That was my interview five years ago on Start Something Columbia. Thanks to Casey Whitener and Larry Jennings again for hosting that program. And I, I hope it just gives you pause to think about how you're telling your story in your community. I, I really hope you're not still telling the overhead story. I hope you're telling the return on investment story. And that requires some measurement. That requires some evidence of what you're doing. So um, if you do have the evidence, talk about it. Tell the story. Uh, when I did my uh, dissertation, uh, one of the things I found in my study was that some of the nonprofits I was researching had results, but they weren't telling anybody about it. They weren't publishing it in their annual reports or on their website. They weren't telling the story effectively. Turned out they actually really did have some powerful outcomes. So um, tell the story. Uh, don't sell the need. Talk about the need, but sell the aspiration. Sell the solution. Lead on, folks.